You are about to receive messages that may be harmful to your mental state. Your sense of reality will be questioned. Your view on things will be altered. You are now part of the meta. The meta controls everything. The meta determines what will and will not happen. You are watching the meta show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Meta Show. It is May the 23rd, 2020. I am Brisk Rabal. I am joined by the Matani. Hello, hello, boys and girls. It is uh, a wild time, actually. Uh, we had, uh, I had like this whole little uh, thing I was going to say about cool things about EVE Online in 2020. And there's actually more than enough going on that I have essentially just like scrubbed my little my little rant for today, which was mostly going to be positive things. I'll, I'll, quick, quick thing, just nice things to say about CCP because I have been getting stuck back in EVE Online actually playing in the client, which is a very rare thing uh, in like the last several years. And uh, the, the game has just been like super user-friendly for returning veterans and there's a lot of improvements in the UI and all this other sort of cool positive stuff, which there's so much war and murder happening in space right now that you know, just sort of fill that in there. Nice things to say. Maybe we'll talk about it later. But there is too much going on, which is fantastic. So we've got a we've got a hell of a show today, Brisk. We have guests too, don't we? We do. We have Jay Amazingness, uh, one of our producers from Goonsworn Federation, and we have the the one, the only Jin Tan, the King of Brave Collective. We're going to have them on as soon as we get done with our opening segment nonsense. Uh, so let's get that out of the way so we can talk All to, right, to Jin and, and Jay. So I know you guys don't care about me and Mittens. You want to see Jen and Jay. So <laughs> uh, the first thing I wanted to say beyond anything else is today is May 23rd. Happy 41st birthday to my brother, Brad. I know he's not watching this, but I wanted to do the shout out because he's my only brother, my only full brother. And uh, he's 41. That's pretty crazy, right? You know, have a little brother that's 41. Anyway, happy birthday, bro. He's my age. Exactly. exactly. There you go. See, I'm not as old as I look, guys. <laughs> I'm only 42. Um. The other thing I wanted to say is I wanted to give a shout out, like Mittens just did to CCP. The CSM election cycle has begun. We had our candidate rollout on uh, May the 18th. There are 40 people who are qualified out of the 45 that made announcement posts uh, that are going to be uh, running for CSM. This year, unlike in the past, the rollout show was significant. They spent a good hour going over every single person who announced that they were running. That's unprecedented. I got to give Dopamine and Aurora and Comic a lot of credit. That was really good. And they've also reached out and offered to provide 10-minute slots on CCP TV the Friday, the week leading up from Tuesday until Friday of next week, leading up to the election on June 1st, to give candidates who may or may not have as big a platform as some of us, like me, uh, and, and to, to get out there and get their message out to voters. That's another important thing that CCP's never done before, and I'm happy that they're doing that. So as far as I can tell, Regardless of whatever the players may feel, CCP seems that they remain committed to the CSM and they're going to do what they can to increase voter turnout by providing more opportunities via their bully pulpit to give people the opportunity to meet these candidates and figure out who they want to vote for. So I think that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, that's all. I'm not going to go into a lot because we got a ton of stuff. Mittens, I think, underestimated or at least under uh, underappreciated the amount of actual news that is happening in EVE. And I gave my little speech last week about the S word. I mean, there's just so much going on we got to talk about. Let's just hit right into our top story. All the Let's stuff is it. happening and get our boys on the show. 
Jen, Jay, welcome. We're happy to have you guys back. As always, uh, it's good to see you. How's everything going? Yeah, brilliant to be on board. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the uh, shout out that you gave to me as well. Last episode, Natali. Appreciate, uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, great to hear from you guys. Always appreciate the work that you guys do to bring a certain perspective onto the political realities of EVE Online as well. Certain perspective. Certain perspective. <laughs> hey, we're trying not to be propaganda. We're a new show now. We do news, straight news. So, uh, I mean, I, let me just, this is just a, a brief list of the stuff that we have that we want to talk about. Pirate is reorganizing, also known as fail skating. We have, we have the Ignoitin Keepstar going up. We've got Citadel changes dropping on Tuesday. We've got CSM Candace announced, I already mentioned. The monthly economic report came out for April, which has a lot of important things in it. There's been a ton of fighting everywhere in Nullsec. Vale of the Silent, Kanaka. We've got stuff in, in Cash. We got stuff in Pure Blonde. We got stuff in Losec and Rockapas. We got stuff, we got people and ships blowing up everywhere in this game this week. It is absolutely crazy. And we're going to do our best to try to hit as much of it as we can, but bear with us because this is there's a lot of stuff going on. Jay, what do you think? Is it, how is this terms of news for you? So it's, uh, it's been a very busy week in Eve all around. Like uh, not just for for us in the Imperium, uh, looking at my spy characters and things like that. It's constant ops, so uh, it's great to see that sort of stuff happening. Not too bad for a random week in April, right? It's May brisk. Is it May? Is it already May? <laughs> yeah. It's May. Jesus. It's, it, I we don't even know anymore. We've got one week left of this month. And you, uh, it's, 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 every every day I, my, is Blur's Day now. Like, it's it, just, there is, there is the no time. It's also a flat circle. Things are very confusing. What the fuck? Um, I don't even know. Yeah, it's, so it's I, still what, cold out, so. Oh, I, I want to. I want to sort of tag in. Uh, I'm guessing that uh, Genton is going to be our our speaker for the trees, or not for the conifers. Uh, what, whatever metaphor you want here, um, pirate imploding is a is a big deal for HiSec and various other areas that I am not equipped to speak on because I personally don't really care because it hasn't actually affected me that much. But it is a major impact on uh, anybody who has ever gotten shot by them. Uh, could you? Could you, uh, Genton? Do you? know what the hell happened and maybe explain to us in small words uh, why pirate fail cascaded uh, what is the significance of that and maybe talk a little bit about the uh, Russian versus English speaking dynamic within that alliance sure I think that the best way to approach looking at pirate is that there was a pretty clear divergence between what the political leadership of pirate wanted to do and what the average line member of pirate wanted to do uh, the political leadership of Pirate uh, very much seemed to be focused on uh, the fantasy of Pirate as some big mean. We're the biggest, we're the biggest fish in the smallest pond that is high set. We're going to go out. We're going to make sure that we run that scene. And they basically went through and they absorbed every other high sec fighting organization they could do. And they tried to specialize in structure takedowns, mercenary contracts, uh, targeting mining operations. What if they could really get their hands onto? But as a 
um, carryover from that methodology, they also developed the jitter hunting or passive hunting strategies where you just sit in a trade hub and you'd shoot random retards like me who don't have good bookmarks and you can kill by just walking to uh, publicly known ones. And because of that, a lot of their average line members started to just hang around in Jitter and do that over and over again. And that became their ISK making uh, faucet. Like their actual PVE, quote unquote, was sitting on an undock and killing people who wanted to go do stuff, collecting their loot and then selling that. And in order to do that, they had to use rel relatively expensive ships so that if 10 other people turned up, they wouldn't die. Um, and that went on and on, but with the resist changes, which came in fairly recently, that was no longer as viable for the actual line members, uh, because the line members could now be volleyed by about 20 to 30 tornadoes. And that meant that they were losing 5 billion, 10 billion, you know, 15 billion-esque ships on the undock every day. And because Pirate had some form of SRP, that ended up causing really, really big problems financially inside the organization. Now, who was mostly, when you're saying that these gankers are getting driven off by uh, tornado gangs or what have you, um, who was there a particular group that was putting pressure to fight against Pirate? Like, did they have a consistent adversary or was that just a, a rare thing? Like, who was putting the pain on them? That's not something I can speak to directly. I haven't found any hugely, like, concrete leads just trawling through random kill reports. Mm. Uh, if someone actually knows, they can throw it in the yeah, chat. Let us know in chat. Well, from my research, it sounded like at least the most recent fight that they had, they did a friendly, or at least it was a friendly uh, war between them and Heldon, where they were just, it was just kind of a content thing as far as I can tell. But Heldon kicked their teeth in. And I think that th that kind of... I think that kind of got the leadership, at least some of the leadership, whether it was, I think Tehran was the one that wrote the long post up and then, and then proceeded to kick everybody out, that he was just tired of everything and that the group was too big. And uh, he was complaining about the incompetence of the line members. They, we used to be a small knit group of, of elite PVPers and we took too many people in and they're losing dumb stuff, big stuff dumbly. And, and, and that was, uh, that was kind of it. They're high set gankers, right? Like I want to right. make sure that I mean, I'm look, getting this right. They're, they're like they're not just from back just in the gangers. day. They're, they're also war deck guys, but they're the guys that will go out and war deck everyone and then try to pick off stragglers while they're moving around in high sec. High sec so, gankers, right. right. All right, you, you can say that. I mean, it's fair, to, <laughs> it's fair to say that. I'm not going to defend them because God knows they've killed me enough times doing stupid shit. But I think in the end, you know, any of these big groups, a little bit of hubris mixed with a little bit of too many people joining too quickly, you get it'll be a little bit too big, and you make some miscalculations. Like they had miscalculated, and they had been playing on anchoring games, as I understood it, with one of their uh, uh, their their war structures, and it got and ended up getting destroyed, which essentially reset all of their major wars for two weeks. So for I think for the for the initiative at least for the first time since I can remember. Being in Nullsec, we did not have an active war deck against us for like two weeks. It was crazy. Uh, and a lot of that, I think, it just kind of got to the point where the pirate guys said, hey, you know, this is bullshit. We need to stop this and uh, let's start over. Uh, and it started with kicking every corp out except for a golf stop. And they're the only it was, ones. Yeah, it was, almost, it was less, than a, less of a fail cascade and more of a fail cliff. That's why right. I kind of tried to classify this as a divergence event because it very, it very much wasn't like, oh no, we're not going to be able to do what we want to do. It's fuck you. We're not doing what you want to do. Exactly. 
And I mean, at least for me, you know, the, the fact I had been hearing over and over again from the Wardak community that the, that the, the Wardak changes that the CSM had been advocating for from CSM 11 to 13. We finally got on 13, Jen and I were on there. Uh, we got CCP to take a look at the data and they realized the data was really bad and they needed to do something to fix the Wardex. And they put the structure system in and made some other changes. And that has allowed, I think, a lot of changes to HiSec. But one of the things that the Wardex community always complained about was, well, reality, what this has done is all of the small groups that have been out there Wardexing are now forced to merge into Pirate because they need to be part of this big blue high-sec Wardek do donut uh, in order to survive. Well, that's dead. And now there's now we've now we've gone from a unipolar uh, political world in high-sec to a multipolar world where there are all these groups can go out there and do their own thing. So I, I can't say that I'm not I'm not unhappy about these guys getting uh, blown up because if it means that some of these smaller groups are going to have a chance to thrive again. Uh, and they can go out there and actually use the Wardex system the way it was designed to instead of just, you know, ganking, you know, random guys like me trying to move my freighter around HiSec. That'd be helpful. We shall see. I, I have really no useful opinions on this because like for me, most of the area that Pirate has ever dealt in is just like where you use your like unflagged alts and right, you've got a G to alt if you just have everything be hidden i guess if they're ganking your jump freighter but they, they didn't do jump freighter ganks did they they just sort of uh, uh not not that i'm aware i mean look right. when, I, when i would get hit it would be when i was doing something stupid like if you there are times when you're lazy and you don't want to log in the alt so i was we were moving i remember when karma fleet when when uh kf1 we had a a, a little base of operations in norvikaiken and it was four jumps from jita it's right there and we would go, I'd go to G to buy stuff and then move it over there. And guess what? So, of course, they notice, That's oh, what hey, you get. Brisk is here. So that, you know, Brisk Leshek that he just fitted out to go, you know, structure bash and have fun with his friends. Well, let's go kill that thing. And, and they caught me. <laughs> so it's, it's, it happens. And, and, and you know what? That's, what? That's how those guys made money. So, uh, I mean, I give them credit for it. They take advantage of people being lazy. But still, uh, that's the, their business model, as Bruden said, was, you know, grabbing new players and, and, and lazy old players. Uh, and that, I don't know. They liked it. They had fun with it. I'm not going to cast aspersions on their gameplay style, but it wasn't something that I would have done. But anyway, that's enough. That's enough pirate. Um, did you want to talk about the Ignite and Keepstar buttons? Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, th there's not too much to say about this. So there is an expansion. I, I'm not sure whether Vili is going to have like a uh, a Vili style announcement. He might have already posted something on Reddit. I don't know. He did that with the the last time there's been like a TTC announcement. But uh, the Tranquility Trading Corporation is expanding into Ignoiton. We also have uh, branches in Amar and Ashab, obviously in uh, Jita and Perimeter. And uh, so we we got together and we put down the Ignoiton Keepstar, uh, which was going to be the one that uh, Horde uh, blew up in KQK. Uh, that was originally going to go to Ignoiton, but we we found another uh, Keepstar lying around in our our pocket lint. Uh, behind, you know, behind the couch cushion. Uh, whoops, there's another Keepstar. So that is now an Ignite and uh, high fives all around. But it, it's essentially the, the same sort of thing that you would expect from the Tranquility Trading Corporation. It's a, uh, a consortium of people that normally hate each other's guts. Uh, and uh, it provides a useful service. And Vili prefers to do, I think Vili does most of the spokesman stuff. So I don't want to do that. But it's there. It's a thing. It online successfully. Nobody contested it. And uh, high fives all around as far as that's concerned. 
I mean, Sync Liaison, that, that's, that is like the hub system in HiSec. I think it's got connections to nine different systems around. So at some point, you're going to go through there if you want to get anywhere in EVE. So it makes perfect sense to have a good trading hub in, in, that, in, the, in what is essentially a hub system for the game. So it makes a lot of sense to me. And apparently, um, my microphone needs to be a little bit, uh, a, a little bit louder. Sorry, guys. Um, I'll, try to, I'll try to do this more. There you go. Talk into it. Talk Hopefully my microphone. mic's okay this week. Jin, you sounded great. Jay sounded good. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next thing. Uh, we talked about CSM candidates already. The monthly economic report was released. Now, there's not a whole hell of a lot of takeaways from this, but there are a couple of things that I think we, we need to highlight, and Jin and I were talking about this before the show because it's pretty crazy. So first of all, anybody who wanted to know whether the scarcity thing was working or not, all they need to do... <laughs> is look at the April 2019 MER and the April 2020 MER. It is unbelievable how mining and ratting numbers have fallen off a cliff. So let me let me let me let me explain. So for April of 2020 this year or this this this, this month this year uh, this, I keep saying April because that the, the MER was April. That's why I thought it was April. So blame CCP for giving us the the, the right wrong report. I don't know what month it is. So you look at April, Delve is back number one for mining and ratting, but number two and three for mining were HiSec. That's not a joke. I mean, literally, HiSec, Domain, and The Forge were two and three in terms of mining for the month of April. In I mean, where are you going to get the low ends? Like, the, that's the thing. Like, back in the day, you could get them from NullSec moons, and now you exactly. can't. So all of the supply has got to come. And, you know, people, people, people's behavior hasn't really adapted to this. Like, this is one of the things that's fascinating. It hasn't. About it is like, yeah, like, um, basically, people don't notice an economic crunch and change their spending habits, both in the real world and in EVE, uh, in, uh, until they reach for their wallet and they find that it's empty. So uh, I think we're in this sort of fascinating situation. And, you know, the Imperium is, you know, also at, at fault for this too, because like we are, we're campaigning, we're going to war, we're doing all this stuff and we haven't really like, you know, comes to come to grips with, or like we haven't downshifted our fleet ships and I don't really intend to either, but, um, you know, the party hasn't stopped yet in NullSec, but the, uh, it is really interesting to see that we are finally beginning to see some of these supply crunches uh, at a level where they're noticeable. And then the, the, the sort of the question after this MER is a shot across the bow of everybody in the galaxy uh, is uh, what's next? Because, you know, CCB has said they're doing the supply crunch. We don't know how long that's going to be. We don't know what their end state is. And thus, it's going to be very hard to make any sort of predictions. Um, have you... Uh, have one of our guests, like one of you guys, uh, dealt with this yet? Have you seen the impact of the uh, uh, the supply crunch? I don't know. If, Jay, do you want to speak on this too? I've kind of taken up a bit of time um, with the pirate thing. The, from the supply crunch issue, yes. Um, fitting ships, especially if you're fitting out multiple capital ships, it gets very hard to supply all for that. Um, but also you're seeing less people in space like there are less raw cores in space which means there are less hunters it, it doesn't sit well with me that, that that that's that's the outcome here is that's the more noticeable outcome that people are seeing right it's that, that there are less people in space doing things but the game's doing great the game's got like forty-one thousand people online or whatever but there are less people online or not less people in space doing things um that are creating fights uh, around you know raw calls or 
uh, riding uh, riding ships or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's a scenario where you know there's lots of ops. People are stuck inside during the pandemic, and like everybody's like blowing shit up. But like in terms of uh, whaling, in terms of chasing after rorquals, uh, that sort of like baseline predator prey dynamic of Eve Online. Uh, you know, people aren't in space doing that. The only thing, you know, we, we are having these fights. There's a lot of activity, but it, it's, you know, it, it's null sec blocks and low sec blocks having fights over structures, which is sort of like a, a normal kind of thing. But in terms of like smaller scale gameplay, if there aren't rook walls out there, uh, if there aren't targets, you, you know, like, like, what do you do? What, what, what is your casual, um, what is the future of like casual combat besides mashing filaments together and hoping for the best? It's it's especially prevalent when I see when uh, the downtime between these these big ops that are going out. There's um, you know, unless you've got moons, there's nothing to to do really. Um, mining enoms is pretty pretty painful. Um, but but yeah, there's just there's just nothing generating those you know smaller fights that um, more casual players can can you know hop on and go onto a roam with and things like that. The thing is that I you mean, say that, but we've actually got the, we actually currently have the biggest 30 on uh, thirty day average destruction that we've had since the height of the continuation war in 2018. So people are online and losing stuff. The thing is that our mining uh, graph is actually well below that. You can just look at it. Um, if you take a look at the production versus destruction graph, it's the first one on the MER. And you can see very cleanly that right now, the universe is destroying about half a trillion isk a month more than we're actually uh, losing. Sorry, than we're actually creating. Which is pretty crazy. And I mean, if you look at the numbers, to Jay's point, so I, I double. I, I'd like to compare months, you know, month to month, year to year, kind of thing, because it's it's. I think it's useful. April twenty nine, MER Delve was number one in mining. Delve mined nine point eight two seven trillion isk worth of minerals. HiSec was at 1.3 trillion, Domain 1.3 trillion, The Forge at 1.3 trillion. April 2020, Delve was number one with, get this, 1.8 trillion ISK mined. 9.8 to 1.8. 8 trillion ISK difference in a month. I mean, that goes to Jay's point. When we've nerfed fork walls into the ground, we've changed you know, all of the, the HiSec mine, the mineral mixtures, we've reduced the size of the asteroids, we've made it far less lucrative for everybody to go out there in these big toys and we've made it much easier for them to die and when you got kiki gangs going through wormholes to catch guys and all and 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 the super carry umbrella not being as effective as it used to be the result has been a i mean basically these mining values are, are off a cliff i mean it's literally off a cliff it's like it's like COVID-19 stock market off a cliff type stuff which is what they wanted i mean that that's what ccp wanted that we are in a scarcity period and that's what is happening. And I think to Jay's point and to Jen's point, and also your point, Mittens, you know, people have not figured this out yet. And they're going to start realizing it pretty soon. Like, Jen and I were talking, I mean, Tech 2 guns, <laughs> they're running out in Jita. It's hard to find them. And the, the prices for your, your mainline doctrine type throwaway ships that we, would, we were out there are going up for 30, 40, 50 percent. So, I mean, Jen, we were talking about Ferox prices. What, what did you say about Ferox prices? Yeah, it was costing me about 130 million esque to source like Ferox's with 42 fits. 
I drugs? mean, that, that, that used to be a throwaway 80, 80 million-ish ship that anybody could get into. We used to use them for our ghost fleets, which were our alpha fleets, our home defense alpha secondary accounts. You know, and that, but that's a standard mainline dock. That, that's your main counter to munins and, and a lot of these higher skill point ship needs. Uh, and they're, they're not going to be any cheaper. So uh, how, how long is it going to be of, of these fleets mashing together before we start having to really question, you know, what some of these mainline doctrines are going to be anymore because we can't source them cheaply? It's going to start happening. If it, if it hasn't already happened, it's going to start happening in the next month or two. All right, so that's the MER. I don't want to go into this too much. We've got, there's so much going on in NullSec. Uh, let's, let's move over to the NullSec Power Hour, and we can start talking about all this stuff, because we've got fights almost everywhere. It's been Hell pretty yeah, cool. yeah, let's do it. Here we go. So we've got low sec, we've got null sec, we've got all over the place, we've got wormholes, tons of fights going on. Um, Jen, tell us a little bit about what's going on, because I'll, I'll be honest, I'm having trouble keeping up, and I've been trying to do my best the last couple of weeks, but it's just been crazy. There's been fights every day. Yeah, well, if we want, we can just quickly shotgun our way through all of the major uh, regional conflicts, just so people are up to speed on that. Let's In do it. In the north, we have uh, Panfam and the Imperium showing uh, kind of clashing against one another. Obviously, you guys in the last meta show announced that you were deploying up to Cloud Ring, FC7, and that's put you right on the doorstep of both Pure Blind and Fade. And those two kind of regions have been huge conflict zones uh, between Panfam influenced people and Goonswarm influenced, sorry, Imperium influenced people for the past couple of weeks. And that's really started to come ahead especially with the X-Tac 7 fight last week. It's been a lot of low-scale brawling there. I feel like that's just waiting for another big objective to pop up, and there's going to be another big fight down there. You move over to the east, just two regions. You have Vale of the Silent, and there is a massive three-way war going on there with Legacy getting involved to help out Forsaken Empire and Deepwater Hooligans, uh, a random group of ex-Test and Goon pilots that are trying to hold their own in one corner near Losec of that region. And on the other side, you've got a bunch of Panfam-aligned groups like Scum, Lords of War, and occasionally NC Dot and other alliances are piling into even the score versus Test, and it's a whole mess up there uh, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but is been showering out 100 bill plus uh, battle reports for the past couple of months. Then further down in the southeast, back where the old borders sat after the legacy winter war, specifically in Cash, but also in Innsmother, you have a lot of uh, just border skirmishing between Panfam, sorry, Pandafam and Legacy again. Uh, and that was obviously really well emphasized in the YE1 fight that you already talked about previously in Cash. But there has been tons of Sov action, tons of other smaller skirmishes down there, and also fights in Innsmother with uh, Nosek Naya and uh, the rest of Pandafam going in there and trying to take the fight to legacy territory rather than the place that they're relatively ill prepared to defend because cash was being transferred between uh, Pandafam entities and Nosek Naya should open when the initial attack from legacy came, which put them in this really odd position to try and defend a region where they didn't even really have infrastructure set up in, in the first place. Um, and then on top of that, you also have an, an entirely separate war that was going to be like the center of attention some time ago before everyone decided that, hey, fuck it, we're actually just going for real wars. No proxy wars this time. 
where uh, Wrecking Crew and Provi Block have been fighting out. Uh, I think Provi Block lost a couple of FCs. They have been desperately trying to keep hold of GTAC 5. Uh, there's a whole nother war going down there that wasn't even in the show notes that's going on. It is crazy. We've got action all across the map, and I love it. I, I think it is interesting because uh, we haven't really clarified what we're doing, uh, speaking for the Imperium and uh, our GEF deployment, uh, is that I, I do think that there has been an assumption that we're primarily deployed against PanFam because that's sort of what we've always done. Uh, but you know, our, our primary activity in terms of like where the rubber hits the road has mainly been uh, blowing up everything that Snuffed Out has that we can get our hands on and sort of almost by accident, like we're having fights with Horde in US time zone, we're doing things in pure blind and you know, losing sacrilege fleets. And you know, I, I was on that op, I got I got blown the fuck out and uh, you know that that was you know whelps happen. But uh, you know, the only thing that I would say uh, possibly contradict you on uh, in your analysis there is just that uh, the primary it's interesting so like we're going after snuffed out and NCDOT has now deployed to sort of back up snuffed out but one of the fascinating things about uh, this deployment at least from my perspective is that uh, a lot of times when the Imperium goes to war even when it's like SIGs and squads with like the, the Goonfleet Expeditionary Force it's this sort of uh, it's not a full block level deployment is that usually uh, legacy or panfam or somebody will immediately deploy their full force against us, right? Like one block fights another, that's sort of the way of the world. Uh, but what's funny is, is that essentially uh, snuffed out have made themselves so unpopular collectively amongst the block. Like they have the blocks, like they have NC dot there to come defend them. Uh, but mostly uh, as far as, uh, you know, the other autocrats are concerned, uh, even those that, that are, you know, my traditional enemies, uh, it's pretty much like sitting back and munching on popcorn because, uh, uh, so that's been fun for us because, you know, goons are terrible at low sec and we're sort of like running around low sec, bumping into things, discovering how much crime much sucks and, you know, going, what the hell are we doing here anyway? Um, what, you mean I, I mean, can't we bring my saber? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, wait a second, I shouldn't be just shooting everything that moves. Wait, what about these gate guns? What Why is everything so slow? Why is yeah, this? It, it's very strange. Um, but it, it has been a lot of fun uh, just because it, it, it's a little bit different. Like we're still getting those block level fights, uh, particularly in US time zone against Horde, but there is Euro time zone action. Uh, but uh, there's all this uh, low sex stuff, which is, you know, it, it's just a completely different world. Like it's, um, I'm not saying it's necessarily good or bad, but it's very much outside of my, my comfort zone and understanding. Uh, but thankfully I only need so much comfort to vaporize citadels. So there you go. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, of all, the, of all the stuff going on, I think the thing that I find the most fascinating is this, whatever it is, proxy war, whatever you want to call it, uh, going on between Legacy and PandaFam in cash. And I know the joke, we've been, we've been calling it Cashganistan because it's just been, I mean, the whole space <laughs> down good. there has been nutty, and it was just all wacky going on there. You got Vindictive on one side, you got NSH on the other, you got Legacy back in Vindictive, you got PanFan back in NSH, you got these massive fights over random Astra houses. I mean, yes, in some situations these are stagers, but the reality is we're talking about Astra houses here. I mean, we're not talking about Keep Stars or something, you know, or, or you know, a, a faction fort or something. We're talking about random Astra houses. I mean, Thursday night fight, IVP, Tech KA. This was a massive fight. Starts out, I mean, essentially, it's over an Astra House armor timer of all things. You end up with Legacy dropping Supers and Titans. They win the fight at the very end. It goes back and forth the whole time. 
I think they lost 157 ships and killed and lost like almost 100 billion in, in ISK. And then the Pandafam guys lost about twice as many ships and they lost, I think, close to 110 billion. I mean, that's a 200 billion ISK fight on an Astra House Hultheimer. I mean, like we were talking about last week. So it sounds to me uh, there, 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 there's some crazy fighting going on down there. And I'm just we're fascinated all itchy. By it. I, I think across I the board, everybody's the, the whole, uh, you know, gestures vaguely about everything, general unpleasantness. Uh, you know, it, it's a perfect time to play EVE Online. Like, even if there is a, a supply crunch, I mean, you know, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm surprised, but like, I've, I got the EVE bug bad, guys. Like, I've this last week, I have been like, the sun has been my signal to go to bed because, you know, I'm sort of a vampire in the first place as far as like schedules go. But like, I have been obsessively fiddling with Pypha, like outfitting various characters, annoying my entire directorate because. Uh, there's a joke about how FCs make the worst line members, and believe me, alliance leaders, and particularly space emperors, are the worst. Like, it's all <laughs> snowflake bullshit, stupid gimmicks, like, I want to go do this school special thing, I can't just be a normal person. Uh, but it's it's really interesting because, like, uh, there's this, I think, a nexus of activity in EVE where we're all sort of stuck inside, we're looking for a place to, like, vent some frustration, and EVE Online is one of the best games to vent you know, your dark side into basically in a relatively safe and contained way. Uh, and there's a supply crunch. And so people, you know, we are seeing these fights over astrohooses, over basically just nothing because there is a, a general hunger to mash spaceships together. And there's also, I think, a, a more of an interest level because with the recent nerfs to supercaps, like there's more, more stuff is getting blown up there is more of an expectation that there will be generalized carnage. Uh, and in general, I, I think that's sort of resulted in this positive reinforcement cycle. Like, I think it's a great thing that we, you know, every time I get a report about whatever ha is happening in Cash Afghanistan, as it were, I'm like looking at this and I'm like, what, what are they fighting over? Why are they doing this? And like in a lot of cases it is, um, they have their reasons and Jintan can speak to them more effectively than me. But, you know, in our own deployment, like a lot of times we're, you know, everybody's just hot, hot and bothered. Like we, we, you know, everybody's all riled up and ready to go. And if it's over an Astrohoose, if it's over some Rotaro, it doesn't really matter. Like there is a general sort of sense of it is time to mash the spaceships together and credit to CCP. They have made it speaking as basically functionally within the game itself, within the client. I am essentially a returning vet, right? Because it's been years since I like went just from like metagame and like empire management and like, you know, as if I was playing a game of Stellaris or Civilization uh, and playing the people, but like actually diving in and piloting spaceships, uh, CCB has made the game uh, just much easier to get back into. It's, there's a lot less frustration. And so I think that that is why we are now seeing just combat across the galaxy. Now, the, the funny thing is, is musical you know, game of musical chairs. Like what happens when suddenly this enthusiasm runs into the, oh shit, a Ferox is costing 130 million, right? And that's, uh, you know, where are we getting our guns? Where is, where is this next hit gonna come from? Uh, and, and I don't know, but I, I think that's sort of like the, yeah, it, it kind of feels like we're all uh, speeding towards a brick wall here as far as uh, men and material uh, and haven't really recognized that yet. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just very curious if the economic uh, stagnate, the economic crunch is going to put the brakes on. And I hope it doesn't. I want us all to keep killing each other. Um, but we just don't know what's going to happen because we don't know what CCP's plan is. And maybe they'll sneak something in on the patch on Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, 
Um, what, what I'm looking for more than anything possible. is the first time that we start blowing up uh, people's staging structures, obviously, with this new uh, abandoned state. Like, that's going to open some pretty potential, potentially interesting future conflict points after that, uh, after that week grace period ends, where people can start going and knocking on the doors of places where you used to stage and be like, hey, you got any stuff left here, boy? You, you, got, any, you got any prizes for me? Yeah, it, it is the thing. You wonder how many people have left behind former staging structures because they're just too lazy to go clean them out. And yeah. uh, those things are going to end up getting blown up. Well, that's kind of like the whole situation that we're having uh, with uh, CC, which I, I don't know if this is on the show notes, if we're sort of uh, bouncing around. But, uh, you know, there's something that I thought that we could do uh, has actually now been done in practice. Uh, so cats out of the bag is like you can blow up uh, somebody's structure on the test server. And then it might like crash the test server because of all the cans loading, but you can blow these things up essentially to inspect to see if there's any good loot in them, right? So uh, a couple of days ago, they uh, somebody blew up 1DQ1 uh, on the test server and it was this massive like yellow death blob of cargo containers. Um, and, and I do think that is kind of interesting from like a, uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily good for the game because it's free Intel, but it's clever and it's fuckery and it's a gimmick, which I do like about EVE Online. So the fact that it is possible to sort of like test destroy a, a hostile uh, Citadel on the test server and then just sort of like do an inventory and see, hey guys, like what of these guys got in here? Is it worth our time to turn this thing into a loot pinata? Uh, that does add an interesting dynamic. Uh, and, and right now, when everybody's rich, it's really not worth it. Like looking through some of the things that dropped uh, from uh, the test server, you know, a lot of these really old citadels, people were poor and starving back in the day, right? Like in, in the, the era for some of these older citadels, like the, the ones that uh, become the uh, Moros, the, the faction fancy uh, Fortizars, um, yeah, like there might be a whole, like there might be like 15 years worth of stuff in there. But the stuff from back in the day was when everybody was basically like stabbing each other to death with like, you know, bows and arrows made out of sticks and beating each other with the skull. I'm not sure if you, you've seen it, Mins, but someone found uh, on Sissy, they went and killed uh, the NOL station uh -huh. and they found your hangar on there. And they, you could see everything you had in the. No, was, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like a bunch of like random, <laughs> like medium blueprints you had. Let me try and find them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. That's, that's also kind of creepy that, you know, somebody went through, went digging to find the Matani's hangar, but I suppose it would have just popped out there amongst uh, all the other ones. Um, now, the one thing that, that is interesting was we did see that they, they did change, make one minor change to the, to the structure system where uh, now faction Fortizars will never go into abandoned state. They will always stay low power so that they're never going to drop like that. And I think that, that I think takes off the table some of the biggest potential loot pinatas from over the years. Because if you think about it, all the old outposts that have been around for a long, long time that got converted into faction forts that are still up where they are, those are going to be the ones that have the random stuff that people have forgotten about from 20 years, you know, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, they're the old conquerable yeah. stations. So exactly. Yeah, they found Mr. V's crew as well, which is amazing. <laughs> That's the, uh, that was one of the first things we went looking for. Is we found it instantly. It was uh, Mr. V's crew? I, I didn't even remember that I had stuff in Null. I mean, I'm sure and, I do. Uh, this is this is now my reminder to go look through my asset window and delve and see <laughs> uh, see see what I have there. When I told V we found his crew, he says he said, uh, "Can you be sure this is the crew?" <laughs> 
Well, if it was uh, if it was in his hangar or something, it was if it was officially Mr. V's career. It's uh, yeah. So we got questions in chat here. So talking about Null, Null uh, was kind of like one of the major stations in the Great War. So Band of Brothers used to have their headquarters in uh, Null Tac M9 in uh, Delve, uh, which is uh, now a faction Fortisar, which was blown up. Uh, and one of the, the the things that we used to scream at each other over the internet during the Great War, and if you're not familiar with the Great War, that's 2006 to 2009, then to 10, depending on when you draw the line. Uh, and you know, we'd say we're going to be dining in Nall, uh, which is then where this is where later you get the whole dining in VFK kind of thing. That's just an outgrowth of you know we will dine in Nall tonight. Uh, and I, I think that this this whole test server thing is really funny because we had a pretty serious discussion. Uh, in uh, the directorate about the possibility of blowing up some of our own tribute. Like we, we have all these faction fortisars that essentially we extracted from Sort Dragon in uh, that you know deal where we got 40 faction fortisars as, as tribute. And uh, we have explored the possibility of blowing up our own pinatas to see what's in there. Uh, but unfortunately it does look like most of them uh, you know, there's really not that much of value in there, but we'll find out. Like, we can blow these things up on CC, I guess, unless CCB turns around and says that this is an exploit and you're not supposed to do it. Uh, I, I do think you're going to see uh, sort of Citadel destruction on CC as an inventory mechanic uh, become a regular thing. Could definitely go around and um, and like blow up, like for example, uh, NSI keep star where NC dot stage to see how many Titans and supers they have in each member's hangar and things like that. That's definitely a thing people can start doing. Clever girl. I like that. I like we'll that see how long before they turn it off on CC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at some point they're going to be like, all right, we got to turn this off. This is too good intel. Tonight we um, nom and all. That's hilarious. I, lo I love it. Like VFK by Christmas. Let's do it. let's go. So exactly. Um, you know, so so I think at least in terms of that, that that is going to be a major major thing uh, that I think we're all going to be looking forward to seeing. I mean, one of the big issues we talked about on CSM 13, I know the other CSMs have talked about it too, is just there's so much space trash out there and it takes forever to clear this stuff out. There's no reason why it should take seven days to clear out some random un unfueled Retaru in the middle of bumblefuck Omist. There's no reason for that, you know? So at least the, the abandoned state thing, I think was an excellent choice that, that CCP made. Uh, I know the CSM worked hard with them on that, and I, I give all the props in the world to the guys on CSM 14 for making that uh, happen because it's 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 pretty critical. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a very good change to the game, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I will say this: all the people that are concerned about all the stuff uh, flying out of these citadels, crashing the server, uh, we thought that was going to be an issue when we killed Rage, the uh, Fort Knox, and NHK's uh, staging wormhole. Uh, especially since the, it was in a wormhole system, and that, that shard has not always been the most uh, uh, protected, or at least uh, on the best uh, best part of the server. Uh, and we didn't have any issues. I mean, it was slow, it was tie-dye, but it wasn't it wasn't a, a ton of disconnections. So I think the server will be okay. But you know what? That's a lot of cleanup. And I doubt even, you know, these guys, most people on these abandoned structures are not going to have dropped, you know, 10,000, 3,200, uh, cap boosters uh, one at a time like the guys in HK and Rage did. So it's probably not going to be that bad. Uh, I, I'm not too worried about the server. Abandoned structures changes really is... Um, I doubt we'll ever see you know, a keep star be abandoned unless like some sort of spy fuckery is involved. Um, just because it like not fueling a keep star is baffling to me. But like Fortisars maybe in like wormholes that have sort of 
uh, you know, been abandoned or whatever. But in Nullsec, right, I don't think like low power for disaster are that common. Depends where you live, I guess. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of incompetency, though. That is very true. Uh, also, uh, just want to say a few things here. We are going into cool kids mode, so we got out of the habit of doing this, but this is something we like to do on more calm shows, I guess, uh, where the last 15 minutes we go into subscribers-only mode. So if you have subscribed and thus you are a cool kid, you can like ask questions in chat that we will forward on to the guests. And uh, we missed that for a couple of weeks, and sorry about that, guys, because... Uh, you know, we want to show appreciation for subscribers. It's kind of funny, though, because uh, Evan McLean just uh, sent a rating party of uh, 91 viewers seconds after I set things to subscribers only modes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> like, guys. Just, just, after, <laughs> just after, like, last 50 minutes. So, like, there's all these dudes that might be watching or, like, wanting to troll us. And it wasn't planned that way. Like, literally, like, last 50 minutes of the meta show, this is the thing we do. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it's... Uh, it's crazy. Like, it's really interesting because, uh, for so long now, uh, we have had, um, you, you know, it's been a struggle. We've had CSM episodes. We've had, you know, when we get together on Thursdays and we have our production meeting with our producers, January and Jay, uh, and me and Bruce, and we're all sitting there going like, what, you know, what do, what are we going to talk about this week? What, what is interesting? Uh, and now like sort of a, a critical mass threshold threshold has been reached where there is having gone from. Uh, I guess it's like a boiling pot of water. Like it, it's still, you get a little couple of bubbles and then suddenly it's overflowing. And you know, that, that's sort of uh, uh, the situation we're in uh, Eve wise right now. And I think it's fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I mean, it's it just, if you look at, I mean, that, that was the other thing. The other thing we, we, we didn't really touch on, but uh, inner hell and hard knocks have been doing a ton of wormhole evictions in the last week. And, and Jen and I were talking I mean, they, they've done, I think, something like three or four 100 billion plus evictions. Uh, it's just everywhere in the game it, right now is heating up. I think people want to fight. And like I said last last week, I think there's a, some pent up aggression and we're finally getting it out. And I'm waiting for the one thing I, I, I'm waiting for, because I like this stuff, but I haven't seen anything yet, is we got stuff in cash. We got stuff in veil. We got stuff in low sec. Where's the propaganda? Why aren't we getting any good propaganda? Where's where the fun propaganda? Where's Catlos and, and doing funny pictures? And you know, where, where are the where's the test guys uh, giving crap to, to NSH and those? I mean, I haven't seen any I can good answer posters. That. I, I, I actually, I have an answer for you. Uh, so this is one of the interesting things about this is that like there is war, but there's really like a, a lot of times what creates propaganda in Eve in these conflicts. Uh, is a clearly stated narrative and like a good guy, you know, us versus them kind of dynamic. And one of the things that has been fascinating about uh, Eve in just the last few weeks is that you are seeing, uh, so like US time zone just a couple nights ago, like we got our asses kicked in x 7 uh, which I used to always call X7D and it's actually X7O. <laughs> Oops. Uh, anyway, so there we are. We're doing our thing. Uh, we got our butts handed to us, you know, get back on the wagon the next couple of days. But one of the things that was interesting is that on the days where we were not fighting in U.S. time zone, if it looked like we weren't going to fight, if we weren't going to form up, then we would see Legacy and PanFam would then go fight in Afghanistan. So essentially, there's always something going on and everybody is hot to trot. But I think one of the reasons why you haven't seen much propaganda is that, and, and you know, frankly, from a, a certain perspective, it's casual and it's fun. And I'm not doing this. Like, I, we, it's Saturday. I did a fireside, a combat fireside chat today. Uh, and you'll notice I'm not sitting here going like, 
Gur snuffed out, you know, Gur horde, you know, we're not identifying a clear enemy and saying like, it's a hell war and we're doing the stuff. We're mashing, mashing some spaceships together. And I think that you really do see the kind of propaganda that you're missing when wars translate into being uh, more settled. Because what, what's the Imperium doing? Are we, are we, are we fighting conifers? Are we fighting stuff? Yes. Are we fighting yes. Horde? I mean, the answer is yes, but because it's not focused, we're pretty much, you know, I think that in general, sort of like with Kashganistan, uh, you know, people are just fighting for the sake of fighting, which is kind of nice and relaxing in and of itself. Uh, I, I think that if you do, if we do start seeing like a block level develop conflict develop into something significant, right? Like if whatever the hell is happening out in cash that I'm blissfully ignorant of, right? It's not my, my little tunnel vision of Eve right now is mainly focused around the cloud ring and pure blind area. Um, but, you know, if we start to see sort of a return to kind of the ill will and like people getting butt blasted, like people being really mad at EVE Online, that is one of the things that you'll see. Because right now, if, you know, it would be great to see Catlos do some art, but what's it going to be about? Right, like I mean, true. Wh That's wh true. Wh where's the narrative? Right, who's the right. who's the who's the them? Right, so it, it's really interesting. I, I've never been a like content good fights kind of guy. I'm sort of actually the opposite of a content good fights kind of guy. But I've now that I've been playing E this week, it's actually been a hell of a lot of fun. I gotta say, so I'm not, I I certainly will not be pointing my fingers and declaring a hell war on anyone because uh, you know right now it's it's just a ton of fun as it stands. Jay, do you want to? I mean, we got we got a couple minutes left in the show. I wanted to know: Did you want to walk a little bit through what's been going on in Cloud Ring, uh, just from an FC's perspective? Because we've had a lot of fights. We had the Seven RM Keepstar fight, which we successfully scooped. Unlike uh, Horde's unsuccessful scooping of their Keepstar in KQK, um, we were able to get that. Done. That's a joke, by the way, guys. Don't get triggered. It's um, <laughs> success rate of moving Keepstars. Exactly, we, we got it. I'm success. We killed four dreads, and that then that was. Uh, oh, we haven't even Freda. talked about the R10 uh, Titan gank yet, have we? We haven't. We haven't. We got to talk about that too. So, wow. I mean, there, there, like I said, there's just been so much stuff going. I mean, how many times have you? I don't know. If we, if I get the feeling, and I don't know, I don't want to be mean to Reddit, but man, they have been solid oh, gurgoons lately, like more than usual. I mean, they usually they're pretty solid gurgoons, but like the fact that. Almost nobody paid attention to the fact that we killed a horde, uh, a horde titan in their staging. If that had happened at one DQ, it would have been on their top of the page for like two weeks. But you know, uh, I I, yeah. I think that like Reddit being gurgoons is sort of always going to be a thing. It's just a question of what flavor of gurgoons, right? And my favorite flavor of gurgoons is the oh my God, they're so awful, they're so abusive, they're so overpowering, oh, they're blobbing us, oh, they're ruining us, oh, we had no chance to win this fight. Like, to be fair, we have not deployed the whole of the Imperium in these fights that we're doing, and we actually, we want to keep the fights relatively in parity such that we can train up our skirmish commanders, right? Because that's one of the, the fun things about doing a, a Jeff deployment uh, is opportunities for learning and growth. So you, you don't want to just throw a thousand titans at everything uh but in terms if i had to pick my flavor of pubby whining uh i really prefer the they're abusive they're awful mittens wears a wizard hat they're all awful people how dare they you know grr, ccp should do something like that kind of like frustrating com frustrated complaining uh, compared to what we had before we did the Jeff deployment, before we started wiping out all these stuff structures, was more of the, oh, they're just crabbing, oh, they're sitting on their butts, oh, they're a bunch of F1 monkeys. So people are going to whine about you, your enemies are going to whine about you no matter what, you just sort of have to choose which flavor of 
complaining they're going to get. And uh, I'm pleased to see that we are getting much more of uh, the, oh, God, it's so unfair, it's so abusive, please stop, you're breaking Eve, you're breaking my experience, oh, God, bees kind of complaining. I, I like that. That's, uh, that's, that's the good kind. Place. Yeah. So, Jay, tell us about what's going on a little bit. From uh, the cloud ring thing, yeah, yeah. Just from just from your perspective as a, as a, as an FC in cloud ring, have you been having fun? Been having a lot of fun. I've mostly been taking a backseat in, in my role as things and uh, letting people develop and just offering like a helping hand or like a a guiding uh, a little bit of a guide mentoring role. Yeah, yeah, more, more mentoring role to these to these people. Um, a couple fights that have David Archer's been out on a lot of fleets. I've seen him out there a bunch of times. I've seen Apple Pear. I've seen John Hartley. I mean, we got a lot of good FCs in the Imperium. Yeah. Uh, mostly we've been, um, we had a couple, a couple, uh, fights that didn't go our way. And uh, that's bound to happen when you, people are learning. But, um, I'm just happy to, to be involved with it. And it's really energizing for me as well because I, mean, I was a little bit bored with the game before, but, um, seeing, you know, people grow. And get better um, at FCing and our line members getting better at playing the game and things. It really gives you like a motivation to continue playing yourself. Mm. That, that's yeah, really there, there's a real sense of like growth and development I've noticed because like just even between ops, you can see, I mean, even the basics of like, wow, people are learning how to align from a broadcast, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. They're, they're fucking up less. You know, I'm not saying, oh my God, we're elite PVPers or something, but uh, I think it's very satisfying to go out day after day after day and then basically watching your unit cohesion increase, your aggregate skill level as a group increase, get it, seeing people just be more comfortable with their roles that they're playing within a fleet. Uh, you, you know, it, it's a funny thing, but coming from a perspective of having really not tried to fly in... Uh, subcap fleets. So like for me, most of the time when I would play EVE online over the last several years, it would be here's a Titan, here's a Dreadnought, and I'm like waving the flag on the Matani or something. And like now I'm like on alts in subcap fleets doing stuff. And people knock on like fleet combat F1 monkeys or whatever all they want. And there's, I think this, speaking of Reddit, there's this idea that being a, a NullSec fleet combat pilot is this no skill experience. It, actually, the skill cap is pretty damn high. There's a lot of things that you can do to improve your PvP skills as a fleet member. And there is this just assumption that, oh, you join a fleet in NullSec and it's easy. Well, there's a bunch of things that you individually can screw up horribly. And there's a lot of things you can also do to increase you know, the amount of damage that you're doing. Are you aligning effectively? Do you have a specialist role? Are you really engaging with the combat as a... Because, yeah, sure, you can totally just join a fleet and like get warped around and whatever. Ever, but you'll have a bad experience and you're missing out on an opportunity to uh, you know, have more engaging gameplay by increasing your aggregate skill level. And so that was something that was really interesting to me because I'm like, wow, there is now a lot of depth to this stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunity as a result for uh, improving the quality and the outcomes of these fleets by concentrating on training the skirmish commanders, by concentrating on you know, reliably communicating to newer fleet members how to take it seriously and what to do. Uh, I am actually. I will talk people's ears off about this. I, I I've got the bug bad, guys. Like it's it's been that's good. We like been, it. It's been crazy this last week. I'm just excited <laughs> to go out on fleets and get to see you out there, which is because I I know at least yeah. one of your alls. So it's like uh it's like four a.m. and we're like, hey, I made this thing on Pyfa. Can you look at it? Okay. That's great. Totally. I love it. 
Now, Jay, all right, so Jay, Ethan M is asking in the chat, how does a no-name get in on the FC learning? So if you're an Imperium and you birth player and you want to start FCing, what do they do? Group on the Imperium sick list called Skirmish Commanders and Cyber to everyone. From that, you can join it, and there's a bunch of reading material in there that that gets you gets you started and set up. But after that, it's just going out and taking fleets out. There's no you're not going to get kicked for whelping a fleet despite what people say uh, unless, you're in, unless you're in shadow state shadow state fcs are different um, there you go yeah there's, it's just getting out there and getting experience because you can read everything right you can read all the guides or whatever but until you take the fleet out and you make the mistakes yourself and you, you something in your brain goes oh that went bad we shouldn't do that again then you'll start getting better and we're happy to continue to pay for it like We'll, we'll we'll fund anything pretty much that that lets you get out there and uh, uh yeah and get I, to get stuck in because that's the thing is like one of the things I've seen over the years is that people will say that they want to be a skirmish commander right like it, it's an easy thing to say that you want to do it and it's another thing actually to get out there and you know take out a uh, baby's first jacked off fleet right like if you lose a jacked off fleet nobody is gonna care right like the people flying the jacked off fleet are not gonna be upset that you know, their, you know, skirmish level doctrine got blown up. They're probably going to have a ton of fun regardless. Uh, and, and we have really tried to make it easy as possible. Like you join the skirmish commanders group, there are tutorials, there's lots of information. Uh, but the biggest thing that you have to do, like one of the traps that people have is that they're afraid of failure. Uh, they're afraid to, you know, launch a Kickstarter that's going to fail. They're afraid to look like a dumbass on live TV or something like that. Uh, you know, you have to get stuck in and make mistakes. So like, if you want to be a skirmish commander, uh, you know, don't fall into the trap of going, I need to read more, I need to study more, I need to do this, I've joined the group, and now I'm going to like, you know, listen to things and watch YouTube videos and think about it for hours and hours and hours and hours. Like the, the biggest gap is just deciding to do it and having the balls to ask for, hey, I want to ping, I want to take a jacked off lead out, we're going to do that. So and, you know, people will only find out whether they have that or they they don't when they do it, right? Like, you can think that you're going to be that guy who's going to be the, the skirmish commander, but until, you know, the, the words translate into action, you know, you really aren't going to know whether you... Uh, it's that initiative. Like, if you have the willingness to lead and to take the initiative, ha, 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 and start stuff, then the skills can be developed around that, right? Like, you can teach somebody how to do a better job once they're already willing to take that first step. And the only way to find out whether you have what it takes to take that first step and to become an FC is literally to just do it, right? So that that's the answer to the question is you got to stuck in and see what, I mean, just do it. Like we'll, we'll slam some jacked off fleets full of newbies into something or other. And uh, if you like it and you do it again, and you do it again, do it again. Next thing you know, you're a skirmish banner. Biggest piece of advice yeah. that I can give to new FCs is record yourself running fleets and watch it back. I know it's incredibly painful to watch yourself make all those mistakes, but note them down and just try not to make them in the future. Everything that else that Jay said was amazing. Though. Jay is amazing. Aww. And that's why we're all gay for Jay. Yes, we are. Uh, got a couple questions here in chat, but it is, let's see, Redline is trying to say, oh, uh, Redline, uh, how do you handle FCs getting criticized? I'm like on all the debriefs, uh, whatever, that's, that's whatever that like crying victim thing about. you want to do, it doesn't exist anymore or never existed at all. But you're an NC dot, so uh, have fun over there. <laughs> I think you've learned mittens this week that uh, 
but things go badly, right? There isn't just like ops over, everyone logs off and does something else. You know, there's like an hour or so of like debrief that goes on. And the FCs talk to each other, and they uh, they give their like they like they'll critique each other, right, in in constructive ways. Sometimes it's pretty harsh, like what they'll say to each other, but it's all meant in good faith to get people, you know, aware of the mistakes that they made and how they could improve. And um, it, it's yeah. helped out some of the newer people go from good skirmish commanders to like really, really good FCs. And the next generation of FCs is looking pretty promising, I think. It's a bunch of, and you know, I think it depends upon the culture of the alliance that you're in. So other than just like trolling Redline, uh, one of the things, uh, different alliances have different sort of uh, command structures and different cultures. And one of the things about Gunstorm Federation in particular uh, is that the directors uh, and uh, the jerk who's in charge uh, psychologically, everybody take a shot. We're going to do some Myers Briggs. It's a bunch of uh, you know intuitive thinking types. It's a bunch of NT types. It's a bunch of people who are very skeptical of feelings. Like if you start talking about feelings and you know, oh, how do you deal with couching the criticism in a, a certain way? Like obviously, you don't want to scream. You're an idiot. Don't do this and like abuse somebody like that. But like when it comes to facing facts, like okay, we had an alignment that was not done properly. The fleet got ambushed. Everybody died. How do we learn from this? If you have to spend five minutes of uh, basically like feelings maintenance, where it's like okay, well, before we talk about the obvious thing that happened that we're all aware of, we need to make sure that your touchy feelies are handled. Um, that kind of snowflake stuff doesn't really exist in Gunsworm. Like it, it is a, it is a very like ground truth. Uh, what, what, you know, what's the reality? And then we'll work around that reality. But there are other alliances. I mean, this isn't, this is, a, this is just a, a cultural thing. There are other alliances that are more oriented towards feelings, right? But it ain't Gunsworm. <laughs> So that, that's all I got. We're never we're never going to turn Gunstorm into like a snowflake zone where everybody's feelings are respected. Like if you fuck up and you're an asshole, you need to be able to have the strength and the fortitude to go, yeah, I fucked up and I'm an asshole. And then everybody can just move on, right? Like it's it's fine. It, it is the case. There was a fuck up. You do that, you move on. Uh, but no, sorry. Uh, if you're mad that Gunstorm wasn't a hug box, I'm glad that you're having fun in an NC dot because that's probably where you belong, not over here. Plus, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if you can't take getting chewed out by Marana, you're in the wrong alliance. I mean, that's just, Damn everybody gets that. Everybody gets that. Even Mittens gets that. Uh, gentlemen, we are slightly over time, but I think we started a little bit late, so I think we're good to go. Um, Jen, do you have any, any parting words before we say goodbye for the week? Be excellent to each other. Just not in Eve. There you go. <laughs> Jay, how about you? Uh, 4S is recruiting. Very good. Speaking of getting yelled at by Marana. All right, guys. Well, this has been awesome. And thank you to the cool kids. I'm glad uh, that we got a chance to do this again. I will uh, now unfree everybody who is not a cool kid. And uh, we will end the show for this week. Thanks a lot. Guys. All right. My last thing, gentlemen, uh, this is Memorial Day weekend in the United States. Uh, on Monday is Memorial Day. Please take a minute to remember those of us, uh, those out there who gave it all for, for those of us uh, who are still here. So, uh, some gave all, all gave some, some gave all. So happy Memorial Day weekend. I hope you guys are having fun. Pinecones to Linda S. You'd stay classy, New Eden. <laughs>